It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked on Raptors, the Raptors fall in a stinker to the Portland Trailblazers at home, 99-91. This offense is absolutely untenable. And are the vibes maybe hanging by a thread too? We'll get into all that more on today's show with Vivek Jacob coming up. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, October the 31st. Happy Halloween out there. Uh, Nothing going to be spookier than what we saw from the Raptors on offense in this game, I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm, of course, your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that's broken at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors. And you can join us in the Lockdown Raptors Discord server where everything's fine. No one's panicking. No one's losing their mind. Some people are losing their mind. That's fine. We're all among friends in the Lockdown Raptors Discord. Want to see you in there? Link is in the description. Come hang out. It's free to join, and you get to be part of our very cool community. And I guess, you know, group therapy as well. If you want to do that, uh, you can, of course, find the show for free wherever you get your shows on the podcast app of choice. Or you can go to YouTube, hit the big subscribe button over there, and see mine and my lovely guests' face every single day. Get the notification bell on so you never miss an episode. Thank you for supporting the show. All right, on today's show, we are digging into a big old turd of a game. The Toronto Raptors fall to a not very good Portland Trailblazers team, 99-91. And here to break it all down is our pal Vivek Jacob, Big V, the Toronto Raptors. They're back. We thought they were back when they won a game last week, but no, this is the Raptors we know and love, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, it started out pretty nice 
sure we, can did. Start, we can we can start with the positives you know it was it seemed like oh you know what we're gonna make a concerted effort to get pascal the ball and he's you know getting some touches and getting going um and then you know you've got scotty playing with energy you've got yak getting involved and you know before the game i was looking at oh precious is out yak i really hope stays out of foul trouble you know that type of thing um and things were starting off well og was back and then that's the that's kind of the weird part when I look at this game. It's like the good players were good. <laughs> good players were good, but I think yeah. the the weird part for me was, you know, when you've got this youngish team that starts out strong at home, it's usually like the veteran, experienced teams, the the known winners that are like, okay, you know what, we'll take their first punch and then we'll, you know, get sink our teeth in, into this and we'll chip away at it. And to see another, a, a younger team <laughs> do that to them. Yeah. That was troubling. Discouraging to say the least to see them drop this game. Um, by the way, I, I forgot to mention today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. We got to get the mention in here. Uh, download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked at NBA for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Uh, yeah, I mean we're gonna dig into the vibes question. How long can vibes last when you have games like this where? It really did feel a lot like last season in terms of just like the general malaise over the team and the inability to get anything going. Um, we'll get into the good, the bad, and the hmm to round things out. Hopefully we have a bit of a positive spin. But let's start off with the big takeaway for me, Big V, which is that through four games, I feel pretty safe saying this offense is utterly untenable. It's a really bad offense, and I don't know if there are like obvious pathways to making it not a really bad offense. They came into this game as the number 30 half-court offense per clean the glass, and you think, hey, you know what? It's been rough go, but they're going up against the Blazers, who had the 29th-ranked half-court offense, and look, they defended them pretty well in this game. The Blazers did not score well on offense in this game. 84.3 offensive rating for the Blazers in the half-court here. The Raptors' defense, as it has been all season long, Really bloody good. You hold the team to 99 points in the year of our Lord 2023. That should be a good thing. But this offense, man, it's just not getting anything going in the half court. 74.1 offensive rating in the half court against the Blazers. The Blazers, <laughs> who came into this game, yes, small sample, with the 26th ranked half court defense. Again, you thought, okay, this is their chance to kind of it's like a practice game, basically. You get to run your stuff with impunity. You get to fly around off screens. You get to run pick and rolls without having to worry about Joel Embiid on the back line swatting shots. No, uh, just DeAndre Ayton swatting shots and grabbing 7,000 rebounds. Um, but really, man, this offense, I, I don't know where to begin. It's all bad. They shoot four of 29 from three in this game. You get nothing from the bench in terms of threes. We'll talk about Grady Dick. He was awesome in this game, but he went 0 for 3 from deep. Grady Gary Trent Jr. is kind of out there to shoot threes. He shot one and missed it. Uh, Malachi Flynn, 0 of 2, including just like a really nasty brick early in the fourth quarter when it seemed like a beautiful, oh, Scotty's doubled, swinging around, get the corner three for Flynn. Oh, nope, no good. Uh, you get Jalen McDaniels continuing his 0 for stretch. Uh, he might compete for the Jerry Stackhouse Award uh, over at uh, our, our friend's Sorry, the Jacques Vaughn Award over at our friend's Fast Break Breakfast podcast where they track to see whether someone will break the record set by Jacques Vaughn for missed shots to start a season. Jalen McDaniels, you're a contender. Vivek, what do they do about this offense, man? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, 
they've shot well from three for the most part outside of this game and it was still bad uh, it, it, there's just there's no space it's 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 a grim scene what what are your ideas coach v put your hat on you're wearing a hat is it a coaching hat <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's crazy right like they've shot 39 percent from three coming into this game mm -hmm. uh which was seventh best in the league and you knew that wasn't gonna last and you know law of averages it was gonna have a performance like this coming up and they are not a good three-point shooting team they do not have enough three-point options and so you mm -hmm. get this four for 29 night um and as you've noticed uh, as you've noted even with the shooting in the previous games the half court offense has been extremely extremely bogged down mm -hmm. and just congested and every kind of snotty type of description that you can put <laughs> <laughs> anything that could be healed by robitussin has been the offense. can they pour some robitussin on the floor <laughs> yeah pretty much and so you know the, the ways in which the raptors tried to gimmick the offense last year those aren't as present now and so you're looking at the other ways of gimmicking things which is to have hey can we get uh dennis schroeder to put up you know, four or five three-pointers minimum up per mm -hmm. game. Can we get Scotty to put four or five threes up a game? Pascal, you mm -hmm. know? And and so these guys are going to just have to get up shots. Pascal goes 0 for 6 from 3 in this one. Otherwise, you know, pretty good inside the, the three-point arc. 9 15 on twos, genuinely encouraging for Pascal after it's been really hard for him to get to his twos. So, hey, score exactly. one for this looking all right for Pascal. Exactly. And then... The one guy you rely on for threes, obviously his first game back, he goes two for nine from deep. And and it's just going to make things look that much more difficult because teams defending that are going to say, hey, we absolutely do not have to respect this shot. We're going to go under on every screen. You want to shoot it, go right ahead. And so I hate to say it, but we saw a little bit, you know, at times against Philly, Mm. where you saw a, all of a sudden a, a trap on Maxi or a double on Embiid, and all of a sudden there's a turnover. Mm. And I do think you are going to have to find a bit more of that aggressiveness on defense with the right opposing players. You know, I think young guys in Portland would be an option. I think we've with the history of Embiid getting double teamed, we've seen, you know, I think those are times when you kind of do have to buckle down and just say, hey, this is actually the best defense for us because it also helps our offense. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the coaching hat, I think that is kind of the only pathway. These aren't guys aren't going to magically become legit three-point shooters mm -hmm. and aren't going to become, you know, just these savant-level playmakers and just create open looks after open looks. And so I think that is something that needs to be considered. And there are things that Nick Nurse did that were good. That makes sense. And he, he milked <laughs> as much as he could out of the team. We know this, right? Like <laughs> yeah. his tactics were not necessarily, I think his defense got a little over the top by the end and kind of it, it like consumed itself almost, but 100%. Like, and I'm not he, saying yeah. that it has to go back to that by yeah. any stretch. Yeah. I'm just saying you got to recognize situations where that can give you a lift, where that can sort of just ease the burden a little bit, right? They scored, yeah. 
They scored 184.6 points per play or points per pos- or 100 possessions in transition in this game per cleaning the glass. They got in transition 16.3% of the time. I talked at the start of the season. That 20% threshold is where this team is going to have to be if they want to hang. And if they were there tonight, they'd probably win this game. Um, you know, I think we're seeing that they're not really running as much off rebounds the last couple of games. It seems like the concerted effort to do that off of every single miss has maybe been lost a little bit. And I do think there are actually ways to milk more out of this half court, even with the limitations. And I talked about it on Monday's show. I think Dennis Schroeder's touching the ball too much. The, the, the stat came out. Uh, he's like top 10 in the league in touches. I'm sorry. Dennis Schroeder should not be top 10 in the league in touches. You have to, while you don't have real guard play on your team outside of Schroeder, you got to go to the next best thing, which is Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes with the ball in their hands, making stuff happen. And we saw that in this game. Their best moments were when they had Pascal and Scotty running the show. I like Dennis Schroeder. He's been a very good player so far. I like his playmaking. I like his ability to blow by a guy and just score. They don't have anyone with that element really on this team. And he's been a fantastic, fantastic guard defender. But you cannot have him running all of your possessions, just doing the Fred Van Vliet thing. This is the thing everyone got mad at Fred Van Vliet for last year. And He's not as good as Fred was. Fred was at that. Like it's it, it's just not working with Dennis as sort of the leading initiator. There are too many possessions that have to be reset. Teams don't care. They're going under the screen. Give it to Pascal. Give it to Scotty. Let those two dudes be the guys. And you might milk the 25th best half court offense out of this team. And then again, we're running long here. But the, the thing that's really irritating about it is that they're wasting an incredible defense. This team has the juice to be one of the best defenses in all of basketball. And you saw it late in this game. They couldn't lean on it because there wasn't enough space on the floor. They take Jakob Pertl out of the game. Gary Trent Jr. comes in. It's a parade of buckets for Malcolm Brogdon. They don't have the size to rebound against DeAndre Ayton. He's pulling in all sorts of offensive boards. And your one strength, which is your defense, becomes null because you took out your backline rim protector because the offense is so bad. It, it is... Ultimately, a question of roster construction. I don't have any, like, there's only so much Darko can do. You can't make lemonade when you're given a bunch of apples. It's really hard to do that. And so it comes back to the roster construction. It also comes back to you can't have your best reserve being a 19-year-old theater kid. You just can't. I love Grady Dick, but Gary Trent Jr. has got to be better. Jalen McDaniels needs to be better. Chris Boucher needs to be better. And if they are not, this team is going to have the same issue it had last year where you look at the box score and say, hey, the starters were good. Why did they lose by nine? Oh, it's because no one on the bench did anything and they can't shoot. Uh, very similar script. That said, the defense, we're looking for positives. Still very good. And hopefully that's something they can kind of tap back into here and lean on as they try to figure out this offense, which will get better as time goes on, right? It's a new system. You're getting used to stuff. This is probably the worst we'll see it, but the early returns are not exactly riveting on what this offense is going to be able to produce we'll come back into the side big v get into the vibes you have a big takeaway from this game i want you to get to it we will do that momentarily but first gotta tell you about our friends over at game time which is the single best place to be going to buy tickets for your favorite sporting events right now as i'm recording the show i believe the sports equinox is happening where all of the major four men's leagues are playing games at the same time maybe you were smart and use game time to get last minute tickets to one of those many events taking place on this glorious day on the sports calendar or maybe you want to do it later as the world series continues and there will be more days like this later on in the week game time has up or sorry last 
minute deals for you to go and peruse right up to the start of your event. And even like an hour after your event starts, that's how you can save big time scratch when you go buy your tickets with game time. And they have the game time guarantee, which means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less somewhere else, game time will credit you with 110% of the difference. There is literally no reason not to use game time to buy tickets to your next sporting event. You can also get stuff for concerts, theater, whatever it might be comedy it's all there for you on game time super easy to use the app as well take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time now the game time app create an account use the code locked at nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem the code locked on nba l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-b-a for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey guys it's walker mail host of the locked on hornets podcast and being around sports media and a fan of the hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, we continue on here. We ran long in that first segment. By the way, we were going to try to go live for this. I wasn't trusting my internet connection tonight, but there will be some live late night reaction shows throughout the season as that's just the thing everybody does now. You got to do live. You got to be there meeting the people in the moment. We'll get the tech thing sorted out as we go, but uh, still coming at you here. Vivek Jacob, Sean Woodley, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for being everydayers. We love you very much. Big V, we ran through my big takeaway. I went way too long and ate into your time. Please take the floor. What was your biggest takeaway from this game? My biggest takeaway is basically a question of how long can the good vibes last with losses mm-hmm. like these? Mm-hmm. And for me, the reason that's a question is because the team is still in this in-between phase, sure. right? And you're in this period where a lack of winning impacts vibes when the priority is still wins and losses and not wins and lessons, mm-hmm. so to speak. Right. And I think as as long as you were in this place that Masai said, hey, you know, we changed the coach. We did this now. Hey, let's see what it looks like. Right. Yeah. And that belief that, you know, things will be different um, from a wins and losses standpoint and that there is like a good team here. I think that is what can kind of eat at the vibes Mm -hmm. because then you get into, hey, well, why isn't this happening? Why isn't X player performing? Why isn't, uh, you know, Grady getting more minutes? Why is this struggle happening? Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you make it clear cut in terms of say, Hey, we want to go in this youth direction and you make the moves that reflect that. Then everyone knows what's up. Everyone knows what's up. Everyone is in wins and lessons mode. <laughs> and, I think you come into practice, you come into games with a bit of a different mindset. Um, not saying that you want to like create any type of negative culture 
uh, mm. you know, where the, you know, you, you're kind of suggesting that winning isn't the priority, but you are putting development at the forefront. And mm -hmm. as long as you are in this in-between phase, then I do think that does put pressure on the vibes. Yeah. I mean, I do think we're probably a little early to sound the vibes alarm just yet. Like we're one. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. the vibes sure. have been impacted tonight. Yeah, right? no, sure. Yeah. I'm just saying you get as these losses, these types of losses pile up. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, if this team is five and 15. Yeah. And it's still the same makeup where you haven't specifically said, hey, we're going young. Oh, you know, we want that play in spot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I think that's where it starts to really eat at you. Yeah, especially if like trade stuff becomes the thing that hangs over the team again, which it inevitably will happen probably at some point this year, barring them being well over 500 by the time December 15th rolls around, um, which, boy, that would be really nice. I, I don't want to talk about trades anymore. It bums me out. It's bad. Uh, but like it's going to be inevitable if this is the course they're on. You know, we don't know the internal messaging, right? Like, you know, it could be that, hey, you know, they realize they they bungled one tonight and there's a positive, all right, we'll learn from this one and go forward within the team and within the Darko circle of trust and all of that. But we don't know that from the outside. All we know from the outside is the front office has yet to make a decision as to what the plan is for the team. And so all you're left to do is infer what each loss is going to do to the internal dynamics of the team. Even if I, I certainly believe that Darko has the power of vibes within him and you know, what is the extent of that, right? How much can vibes paper over a roster that has no shooting or guard play? That's an interesting question. We're probably going to learn that this season. Um, you know, I think we're learning that scheme can only do so much to overcome that. Look at all the passes. Look at so many passes, 70% assist rate. Offense is terrible. It's like the worst in the league. Like, you know, there's a, you know, scheme can only do so much to overcome personnel. You're seeing scheme work very well in concert with great personnel on the defensive end. It's working great. Um, but yeah, like it, it it could get ugly if this persists. I, again, I think things will improve, and I, I'm not like sounding any alarms just yet as far as the overall season or anything like that. It's four games. Like people have bad four game stretches. It happens all the time. When it happens at the start of the season, everybody gets super upset about it because it's the only games you have on the ledger. But you know these things even out over time. That said, man. This offense stinks. I don't know how you're going to get it. Back to the original take. The, they're making my vibes bad because I want to watch better offense. Um, I mean, I suppose one thing that could uplift the vibes is Scotty Barnes looks awesome, right? Like that's yep. that's helping matters a little bit. Um, you know, any sort of like, is that is that a salve? Can Scotty Barnes do it all? Can, can, can he save the vibes just by being really, really, really good? 2012 and two again tonight, two steals a block. He's just stuff in the stat sheet looks awesome had the thumb thing that looked like it might derail him earlier in this game and totally fine um totally took over in the third quarter 16 of his 20 points came there would have been nice if he had closed it out with a little bit more in the fourth quarter but um you know the vibes around scotty at least seem to be pretty good and i think is like the vibe of the fan base not the team i feel like the vibe of the fan base should not be just despair just yet because the two most important young guys are doing things that are very exciting no yeah, for sure. I think Scotty, I love the competitive spirit and the fire that he's been playing with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's probably the one thing we were looking at from, you know, fourth quarter Scotty to be like, hey, let's have that force all throughout the game. Right. And, and I think yeah, man. we've seen a progression in that sense. And I think, you know, you, you, you like to see 
the game against Philly where the tech happens and then he's the one kind of really pushing the issue and really trying to get this team back into the game. Obviously, it didn't happen, but there was that brief stretch where he was really pushing things. And then again, uh, I thought in this one, um, he was trying to do all he could. And mm-hmm. there were stretches where he just flat out took over. And I think that uh, him progressively being like, this is my team and I am special enough for it to, for that to be the case. Mm-hmm is probably going to you know make things very clear on how things should go from here uh and that's all you can ask for right because if the biggest part of masai saying hey let's see what it looks like is scotty answering the bell in year three and saying hey year two was an aberration or year two was just part of the process Mm -hmm. of me getting to where i'm supposed to be and where this front office has envisioned him getting to then that clarity should trickle down to everyone else, right? And uh, yeah, I, I think the sooner we get there, the sooner we are then able to just say, hey, let's watch Scotty in full bloom. Let's get mm-hmm. Grady more minutes. Let's see, you know, hopefully uh, Christian Coloco is able to get back in the mix at some point. Let's see uh, it, everything that he's got to bring to the table. Um, depending on the pieces that you move, let's see what some better roster construction looks like <laughs> <You know? laughs> better roster construction crazy talk <laughs> no way <laughs> yeah I, I mean scotty's got me feeling good man even if they're gonna lose these games and scotty's gonna have these little stretches where he just owns everybody for a long little while you know what that can entertain me over the course of the season i'm cool um and i do think tonight was like a pretty promising sign as far as proof of concept that scotty with pascal as his sidekick can work under the right circumstances it's just that the rest of the roster doesn't exactly line up the right circumstances all the time uh one guy who might help that is grady dick who we're going to talk about coming up in just a sec i'm sure as we get into the good the bad and the hmm to round up the show for that we got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land you got to go check them out because right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's a 150 bucks if your team wins simple as that you can use that 150 bucks on all sorts of stuff like spreads player props over unders and more maybe you want to go take the under on the toronto raptors scoring total for every single game all season I bet you'll win some money on that unless Vegas is getting wise and setting it at like 74 and a half. You know, we're not too far off from like era adjusted Kevin O'Neill level offense that this Raptors team is putting out right now. If you want to go and get in on that and win some money, at least while the Toronto Raptors score in the 90s, while every team is in the 130s, you can go ahead and do that the app is again super easy to use there's a wide range of betting options so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season or the nba season or whatever season you're enjoying here on this sports equinox fanduel official partner of the nfl and of the locked on podcast network we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed 
All right, we continue. Rounding the show out here, Vivek Jacob is along as we uh, try to have some good thoughts about this game against the Portland Trailblazers. It is, of course, it is, of course, the good, the bad, and the hmm, everybody's favorite, very good named segment to close out our game recap shows here on the pod. Uh, let's start with the good. I'll just go in. Grady Dick, uh, he didn't hit his threes tonight. I don't care. The dude knows how to play basketball, and it's awesome. Saw him put it on the deck a couple times in this one. Uh, the threes are going to fall. We saw them fall against the Sixers. I have no doubt they are going to fall as he gets more comfortable. And it's been really encouraging to see him have the minutes total ramp up. 28 minutes in the game Saturday, just 21 tonight, but he played a lot in the second half, was on the floor in the fourth quarter as the Raptors were making a game of it. Um, you know, just really, really encouraging signs. The dude knows where to go for rebounds. Six boards in this game, uh, you know, cleaning up the defensive glass, crashing the offensive glass, constantly moving to the empty spots on the floor. It's going to make everybody's life easier. He might be one of the avenues by which the Raptors can turn this thing around on the offensive end with some interesting lineup constructions. Grady Dick, I think, is going to feature into a lot of their best lineups this season based on what we've seen so far. It's really exciting, man. Grady Dick rules. Yeah, man. Uh, I think we've kind of talked about the floor game and him being more of a shooter, uh, more than a shooter, rather. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really nice to see how quickly he's learning, right? And we saw kind of moments uh, as early as Summer League, right, mm -hmm. where... We, we'd see him have a bad half um, and then just really learn from it and then come back and have a much better second half. And I think mm -hmm. we're seeing that IQ, that understanding, like him picking things up. Um, there's the physical limitations in terms of his body, which you're just going to have to uh, accept. And just that's just a reality of his rookie season. Sure. Uh, but I think the things that you really want to see grow, we're already seeing uh the right things the things that you would hope to see and um you know i thought he, he he's had some really really nice drives so far mm -hmm. this season um and then also like you know obviously there's times where he's going to get blocked and he's going to understand timing and he's going to understand you know how quick the nba bigs are and getting to a spot uh, mm -hmm. and he'll understand better you know when to kick it out when to go all the way with it but I think there's like a general flow that it's like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a very capable uh, basketball player and I will be a, a solid NBA rotation player. And who knows uh, beyond that? Yeah, man. Like he just, he greases the whole offense when he's out there. It just looks better. There's more movement. There's more stuff going on and he can keep a possession flowing, right? It doesn't just come to him and die because he shoots or uh, sort of just resets the offense like he can drive and make the next thing happen force the next rotation create a shot like it's good man i'm really enjoying the grady dick experience so far that is the clear good from this game for me big v what was your good i mean scotty like just yeah pretty cool he's <laughs> <laughs> just awesome now it's pretty great yeah yeah and <laughs> again i go back to like the force that he's playing with um and he's talked about you know the, the conditioning aspect and really focusing on that uh, in the summer. And it looks like he has the confidence to just keep pushing. Right. Mm -hmm. And like every time the team needs a lift, you can just see him being like, okay, you know, let's go, let's try and make something happen here. Um, and he's got the energy to do it. And so mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing for me. And uh, yeah, I think obviously when the team's not shooting well, it's going <laughs> to give you opportunities uh, to really, uh, mix it up and get a, get in on the glass and four offensive rebounds. But I, I thought 
that's part of the battle, right? Mm-hmm. Being like, hey, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And he is, he has the tools to be a whatever it takes guy, right? For and sure. It's like, hey, okay, we need some playmaking. Okay, we need some post play. Okay, we need some offensive rebounding. Okay, you know? Um, and so I think uh, that will be my good for sure. As someone who long resisted the you know, all the scientific evidence that says exercise is good, having good conditioning is good for you, uh, I had the realization like this year, the last couple of years, that actually it is good. Those people were right. Those losers, they were right. <laughs> Seems like Scotty Barnes is having that uh, revelation now, and I'm very glad for him. Um, <laughs> by the way, can we do a, a, just like some voice acting for a second? I want to know what was the sound you made when Scotty Barnes hit that pull up three in transition in this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mine was more of a huh? <laughs> this is great podcasting really good podcasting um, some of the best we've ever done i'd argue uh let's go to the bad outside of our podcasting uh what was your bad ah uh, the bad i mean yeah, let me flip through my uh encyclopedia's worth of notes on this one yeah there was a yeah. lot <laughs> no i i think it's just like when you see Gary have a game like this, yeah, it's it's rough. And I think you know there was energy, there was intensity um, in previous games, and I think he was a little flat in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the best thing that can happen with Grady is having like someone push him, someone. Right you know, challenge him. Uh, and uh, by no means am I saying that like Grady didn't earn his minutes. He absolutely mm-hmm. did. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, it'd also just be nice to have two shooters out on the court at the same time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. I Like that lineup, Gary was my bad as well. Uh, just really bad in this game. And, and look, like, what are you going to do? Trade Gary Trent Jr. right now? You need his shooting. They don't have it. And he, in theory, does have it. Like, you have to have him on the floor for now uh, to try to make this thing work. And I like the idea. You know, Darko's a few times gone to the lineup with Dennis, Pascal, and Yach sort of as like the three pillars with Grady and Gary in there as spacing. And you'd think, hey, like, that makes sense conceptually as a lineup. Pascal's been defending his ass off so far this season. He can be your kind of lead wing guy and cover up for Grady. And and Gary in that spot, you know, we know Dennis is an awesome point of attack guy. Yacht can be your backline rim protector, but those guys aren't hitting shots. And so that lineup is not produced what I think it can produce. Um, again, Grady does a lot of other stuff. I'm not seeing great Gary Tran Jr. do that other stuff. And so, um, yeah, they got, he's got to figure it out. He's extremely important to this team. I had him ranked as the number four most important player on this team when I did my pattern ranking a couple weeks ago because of the shooting. If he's going to play like this, they're not going to win many basketball games. Uh, my, what was your hmm? Let's round it out with your hmm. I think the hmm for me is probably, you know, how much do you actually borrow from last season? You right. Know, how much do you need to have Pascal be the guy? <laughs> you know, how much? Or just have Pascal and Scotty hunt mismatches. Like, yeah. they're good at it. I don't know. Post-ups, they're good at post-ups. <laughs> yeah. How much, Sorry, do you, how much do you bring back some of that aggression on defense, right? And, like, mm-hmm. picking and choosing, hey, these guys are susceptible to double teams. Like, hey, say you go up against the Bucks. I mean, listen, you, you can't. <laughs> you absolutely can't, uh, you know, 
put too much uh, too too many guys on Chris Middleton anymore because there's Damian Lillard to worry about. But uh, I think those opportunities, right, and recognizing, hey, these guys are susceptible to ball pressure um, and things like things of that nature. That's where uh, I think you've just got to lean into that and just recognize that it is going to be a strength. And so, yeah, that's my hmm is like, hey, mm-hmm. what are the parts of last season where <laughs> we can still have good vibes? <laughs> we can just, you know. Yeah, everyone can like coming to work and not dislike their boss uh, and also run some of the old boss's schemes. And it could be fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, we did the exercise of making the sound that we made um, when Scotty Barnes hit that pull up three. Uh, oddly enough, the name of the segment is the sound I made watching Malcolm Brogdon play in this game. Hmm. Can they kick up that, that trade thing again? Uh, obviously, a couple <laughs> summers ago, that was like a thing that was out there. He chose, quote unquote, the Celtics over the Raptors, even though it was a trade. I never really understood that. Um you know, I don't think there is choice in trades, but we can leave that for another day. Uh, boy, oh boy, would a guy like Malcolm Brogdon look really bloody good on this team, taking up the Malachi Flynn minutes, shooting threes. Uh, you know, threes, ever heard of them? You might have forgotten. That'd be pretty fun. I, I, I would not be opposed if they could uh, dial up the Blazers, although it seems like they're not so upset having Malcolm Brogdon around. It's also game four, and trades are so far down the line that it's silly I'm talking about it, but I saved it for the end of the show so as to not sound like a total lunatic. Big V, that's going to do it for today. We will leave it there. Anything you want to promote for the good people out there? The usual stuff. Uh, I will be doing general NBA stuff for Sportsnet. I will be doing Raptor stuff for Yahoo. And so you can uh, keep an eye out for that in the coming days and weeks and months and however long the Raptors go, which will likely be mid-April. (laughs) oh man great stuff we're having a great time already aren't we (laughs) i i I miss when they won a lot of games and we're always above 500 that was cool anyway we'll leave it there thank you so much for tuning into today's show we'll be back again on wednesday as we dive into uh you know who knows katie hein will be along we'll have fun i don't it'll be a good show what will we talk about it's a mystery to me. We'll find out, see what brings itself to us as content between now and then. Uh, thank you, though, for subscribing, following, rating, reviewing, telling a friend. It's much appreciated when you do that and support the show. And we will leave it there. We'll talk to you again Wednesday with an episode of Lockdown Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.